0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1218.
1: Just go with your gut, follow your gut.
0: This is Cars
1: Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah.
0: Hello, automotive enthusiasts! I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from beautiful California, Jay Ryan. Hey, Jay, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Hello there, Mark. Five point on,
0: ready, go to go. Hopefully, we won't need that five point seatbelt, but you never, you never know on cars. Yeah, I've heard. You, Mark. I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't share anything. <laughs> Jay Ryan and his lovely wife Nicole produce and host on YouTube the It's Tonight Show. Through the show, he combines his love for contemporary car culture and a very, very obsessive obsession, I should should say, with the classic talk and variety show. Jay has worked in and around television in his career, and he's been an automotive enthusiast his entire life. He threw Nicole a curveball when he decided to combine these two passions and create the It's Tonight Show. Together, Jay and Nicole interview celebrities, comedians, musicians, automotive enthusiasts and creative and inspirational figures to share their messages, their lives, share a little peace, a little love, and a little positivity. Jay, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your cool business and a very obvious passion for automobiles?
1: Absolutely. First of all, Mark, this is an absolute pleasure. And I feel like I'm, this is a big deal the way you just introduced me. So
0: thank you. <laughs> you thank you. You thank are you. a big deal, Jay. You are. <laughs> uh,
1: the one thing I would like to just make a note of um, I didn't so much throw my lovely wife, Nicole, a curveball, so much as life threw us a curveball. My ah. lovely wife, Nicole, has MS. She was diagnosed a few years ago. <sighs> she okay. used to be a Hollywood publicist representing comedians and athletes, et cetera. Pretty high echelon status. And, um, She wasn't able to do that anymore. I came up. Mm -hmm. I used to be a producer in television and commercials, and uh, I wanted to be with my wife. So we decided, what can we do? What should we do? Like you, Mark, we decided to work from home so that we could be near one another. And everyone was doing podcasts. So we started doing a podcast with two microphones at our dining room table. (laughs) <laughs> and less than a year later, we're sitting at David Letterman's desk in chairs and um, having you know celebrities and comedians and musicians uh, over to our home. So it was just the curveball thing was the only thing that was different. Other than that, I love cars, Porsche specifically, but pretty much all cars. And we incorporate as much of that into our show as possible.
0: You know, this is cool. I love the story. And uh, Stan Kaplan, who's been a guest on my show, shout out to Stan. He's the one that introduced me to Jay and started watching your videos, your YouTube videos. and I'm like, this is pretty cool. You know, it's just, car. and you've had some of my past guests on your show. Uh, we talked a little bit about Magnus Walker being on your show. He's been a guest here a couple times. So I'm excited to share what you do with my listeners. As we continue on this journey, we call your life though. I always start with a success quote or a mantra. This is a saying that somewhat instrumental in forming your life and your success and your direction. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Jay, take the wheel. It's so funny.
1: You know, I'm one of those people who – I'm kind of a walking conundrum myself. We were talking a little bit before the show, Mark, about how I don't really fit into a category. And taking inspirational quotes has never been my thing. What I tend to do is, for instance, if I may – I don't have a favorite band or a favorite album, but I have songs I love from musicians all over the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I tend to just pick and choose as I like without fitting into the boxes and categories. I find what I like from people and I take the nugget of it that appeals to me and then I form it into something bigger that I think is, uh, I don't know, perhaps more usable for the masses. You brought up Magnus right before you started, uh, with this question. I'll say that he, uh, has a, a fantastic thing where he just says, just go with your gut, follow your gut. There are a million different ways to say that. Perhaps, uh, my personal one is not listening to others. Don't, don't, don't worry about what other people have to say. What other people's? <laughs> don't worry about other, with what all the other people's have to say. Uh, but I would have to say, in that one, the short, the short answer would probably just be uh, Magnus Walker. With uh, just go with your gut. You got to follow your own instincts.
0: I'm so glad you didn't say dirt. Don't slow me down because ah! I know. Ma- <laughs> I'm so Magnus and I kind of share these alter egos of he doesn't care about dirt. I go insane if there's a fleck of dust on my car. So uh, I told you before we started this show, he's the brother from another mother. Our hair is quite the opposite as well, which is <laughs> part of it. But but you already t- you told me before we started this too. There's kind of a saying you have about your YouTube show.
1: It's just our hashtag in general. Uh, it kind of goes with the story I just told you about my wife and and myself and and mm-hmm. the the path that we were dealt and, and what we chose to do with it. The hashtag we use most often with our Porsche life is "Live it while you got it." Live there it you while go. you got it, and uh, yeah. to us it's moment to moment, second to second. It's not, uh, oh, we think about yeah. it a couple times a day. I mean, it's it's in our DNA at this point.
0: Well, of course. And, you know, my love to your wife, Nicole, and the challenges she have with has with that health issue. If you go back and listen to some of my old shows where I was interviewed, uh, my listeners, regular listeners will know part of what started me on this path of podcasting was a very serious illness my wife had. And I had to stay home for the year and care for her. She was in bed for months and couldn't walk and so, uh, oh, yeah, so, no, I
1: didn't know any of this, but it sounds very similar,
0: yeah, different kind of thing, but it's you know it's one of these things when you're married, and I've been married uh well, this year it'll be thirty five years i mean oh, you
1: congratulations to both of you,
0: yeah, thanks. you make a dedication to that person in uh, in sickness and in health. I seem to remember those lines mm-hmm. uh when I was standing up there at the altar on the hottest day ever recorded in <laughs> La Jolla California, sweat <laughs> running down my back, going. If this wasn't my wedding, I wouldn't be here. The universe uh, made sure
1: you'd remember it, Mark. That's what I like to say. Is
0: that what was? Oh, that's well, what there, I like
1: to say. We had some of those go. ourselves.
0: There you go. I like that. You know, I'm going to share a little something with you. My son, in his wisdom, when he was eight, we did took a great road trip, and I picked up this Beck Spider from John Wilhoyt, mm, not too far from you. He built this beautiful car, and we were driving back, and the first night we stopped, and we we're covering the car. And I said, oh, no, we got a chip in the paint. And he puts us, <laughs> you know, because that's me. I mean, if it was Magnus, he'd go, cool, dude. It should, wish it was bigger. And uh, he puts his hand on my shoulder. This is an eight-year-old, right? And he said, dad, that's not a chip. That's a memory mark. That will remind us forever the fun we had today in this car.
1: I think your just, son's on to something.
0: It almost took me up saying it now because the wisdom there was so great. And to this day, there's a a chip in my wife's windshield from a day she took my son to a me meet that she'll never forget. And she will not let me put a new windshield in her car because that chip reminds her it's the memory mark, right? Uh, memory mark.
1: So I didn't used to always feel that way, Mark, just so you know this about me and so that the listeners do too. I used to be the brand new lease of whatever the newest uh, M4 or whatever the heck, the shiniest brand new thing ever there was. And then when our life changed, uh, my priorities did as well. And driving the car became much more important to me than polishing it, which I used to love the six hours in the garage on Sunday once. So I used to love it. It was cathartic. I enjoyed it. I can't think of anything I'd less rather do right now, but I'd rather grab those or I can say that I would love to every Friday, grab those keys and my wife get in that car, go up Angela's crest and spend that time actually enjoying it and putting miles on it and spending time with people and nature and, you know have real experienced these places,
0: Jay. Maybe you know what time has done for you and I has made us a little more wise. Mm. I think uh, you know, I'm for, the for same me, way.
1: The case, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I hope I'm a little wiser too. I'm trying to be, that's for sure. But yeah, I don't spend as much time polishing and wiping anymore either. I try to get out and drive.
1: But man, it was important to me. I want you to know that, Mark. It was very important. Well, good. To me at one point.
0: Okay, I know. Me too. I me too. But priorities do change. Well. Let's talk about cars a little bit here, and I'd love for you to share a story that instigated that passion you have for cars. I know you're a Porsche guy, which is good for my heart because I'm a Porsche guy, too. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car guy?
1: Hmm. It's interesting. My, uh, My memories of cars just go so deep, so early. I would have to say probably – now, this is – I remember the moment, but really, these days, it's more of the photograph, you know, mm-hmm. and you know how that goes over time. Uh, there's an image of me uh, – excuse me, of my father holding me – couldn't have been more than maybe three, four years old uh, – at the Danbury Fair in Danbury, Connecticut. This is no longer in existence. There's there's a mall and an airport there now. Uh, but in front of Paul Newman's planter's race car. Ooh. I grew up in Connecticut. Paul Newman was a neighbor. Local celebrity, you know, he was the 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 salad oil guy, the popcorn oh, guy.
0: Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. Still have those, got those in my pantry right now. Yeah,
1: uh, long before all of the uh, the the other things that they make as well. And there was something about cars way back at that age. Uh, My dad, I mean, he wasn't not into cars. He owned a few cool cars, but he wasn't, I would say, super into cars. But something about that picture was like, you know, we went home and we started drawing the car that we saw, you know, and, and my dad taught me how to draw at the same time. So I think there's a lot of car stuff mixed in with my dad. So there's a lot of the heartstrings and all that stuff. The moment I would have to say Danbury Fair, Danbury Fair and the Paul Newman planters car. Wow. Yeah. I start? I that's, that right now, though, because that's not what I would have said five minutes before we shot this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty cool story. I mean, that's pretty neat. And uh, the fact that it was with your father combines that ingrainedness that is in your skull. Yeah. Yeah. Me, too. For me, it was my dad in his 49 MGTC riding in that car in the left seat because it was a right hand drive. That was pretty cool. That's very and, cool. Yeah. And he had a spare steering wheel that he'd let me hold. So when we pulled up next to people, I could pretend like I was driving and it would freak them out because I was like five years old. What what so, year was that car? Forty nine, uh, nineteen forty nine 1949 oh. MGTC. Wow. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun mm. stuff. So cool. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced that was a defining moment perhaps in your life or your career. These are wonderful learning lessons. If we look at them that way, they might not feel so good at the time, but they do teach us valuable things. And perhaps together today through this story, we can help someone else that might be going through the same thing.
1: This is where um, the nervousness of doing a, an audio only podcast comes in because <laughs> I don't find myself to be as eloquent as, say, a Jordan Peterson, who we talked about before the show. I know yeah. what I want to say, but getting it out to you, what it comes down to, what it came down to for me was this, the very simple fact of overcoming a fear. And, and the fact of the matter is it wasn't a fear that was relevant in the life I had created for myself. It was in fact, not a fear at all because it would never have ever reared its ugly head. I didn't ever put myself in a position where I needed to be in front of anything. So all of a sudden I'm in a position now where I have to be in front of everything. I have to be the president. I have to campaign. I have to, that was a bad example, but you know what I mean? I have to be the the head of a, of a company for lack of lack of a better term. And doing that was a big struggle for me personally. I think I had a lot of hurdles to get over with my childhood obsessions with David Letterman and the you know the, all of the show stuff that uh, that needed to be fulfilled. But really, what it was was overcoming fear. Once the life took a change, and I realized that oh my goodness, that that life I created for myself was a, ha- a house of cards. I mean, it came down from almost nothing. Sort of, it was a perspective shift, and all of a sudden, that fear became. It was still there, but it was noticeably smaller. And it seemed much more manageable. All of a sudden, my fear was like just a little tiny speed bump. It was a hurdle my whole life. And the perspective gave me the perspective and letting go of the fear it gave me the realization that it really was nothing at all. And I, I simply picked one foot up over and stepped over it as if it were a puddle. I f- have found that everything has been that way since. Just as everything had been previously, it's just that this was my one thing. Everybody has that thing. This was my thing. So, I guess the long and short of it, Mark, you'll have to cut this down however you can, but overcoming fear in the face of adversity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, what comes to mind, my father, when I was younger, I wanted to learn how to surf. And we get the board, you get all, you know, it's like wanting to learn how to race. You get the car, you get the suit, you get the helmet, you get on the track and you go, Oh my gosh, I could die out here. <laughs> you know, it's, and some people get out and they don't like going fast. They they're not comfortable with it. So, I was the same way. I you know, I was a good swimmer. Uh they put me through uh lifeguard training and all this stuff so they assured that while I was out there I knew what I was doing. And I got out there and I was afraid. And I I couldn't take off on a wave and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, all my dreams are crashing to my face right now." Literally, in a wave yes. smashing me in the face. And I came in and he was sitting there and he goes, "Hey, what happened?" And I said, Uh, You know, I just kind of broke down and cried. You know, I think I was like 12 years old or something like that. And he said, well, are you afraid of something? And of course, you know, I'm not afraid of anything. No. (laughs) Well, finally, I said, yeah, I am. And he said, well, I want you to remember this the rest of your life. He said, fear just means false evidence assumed real. Mm. F-E-A-R. And we've all probably heard that. But I think in the sense of what you just shared in your story there was some false evidence assumed real. You were going to a place in your life with your wife that you'd never been, right?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a locked door for me, quite frankly. Uh, there
0: you go. For, for a there lot of go.
1: reasons that I put there, but I was convinced yeah. that it was a locked door. And uh, when I actually finally went to simply go turn the handle, it was not only unlocked, it was ajar the whole time. And in fact, it was waiting <laughs> yeah. to be
0: opened. Yeah, there you go. That's, the That's true. a nice way to put it. Awesome story. Well, I appreciate you taking us to a a really, really personal time in your life. I'm sure we yeah, helped somebody out there it. listening. I hope so. I hope so. Well, every day, yeah, every day for sure. Yeah, let's have a little bit of fun. Not All that right. we weren't, but let's have a little car fun here and talk about your first really special vehicle and share a memory you have about that ride.
1: Uh, I have. Uh, here's where I'm very, very lucky. I had a couple cool cars early on. My first cool car, what I would consider a cool car, would be a BMW E30. It was an '86 325E. E with mm-hmm. the ETA engine, manual, black with that like bone leather interior. I'm fairly, nice. I don't know what the actual color was, but just off white. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, Tuxedo car.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And I bought it from a friend who had it for a long time and took good care of it. The reason I was able to buy that car, I was only 18 years old. My dad had just passed away and Mm. uh, it was a weird situation in my life. And it was, again, it's funny how this ties back into the the car and the father thing, considering Mm -hmm. the dad wasn't that into cars. Uh, Ironically, David Letterman is why I'm into cars, but this E30 i bought with a little bit of money i'd gotten and some stupid uh some a lack of smarts that i had also inherited at the yeah. same time and and i and i bought this car and my god i loved it it was the coolest thing ever i'm telling you mark it was you know what i mean you know how it, it, it oh, at yeah. that age to have age. A car like that when you actually were you always loved cars previously. And then uh, this was the first opportunity to buy one without any type of <laughs> parental engagement.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I gotcha.
1: I bought it. I loved it. I drove it. I should have kept it forever. But if you have got just one more second, I ended up trading it only a year later for a uh, 944 Turbo, which I would oh. perhaps the coolest uh, of the early cars I ever had.
0: Oh, it's a little step up. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, Therein lies the uh, reason why you don't want a young person having too much money at a young age where <laughs> the, the wisdom and guidance isn't there to kind of hold the bit in their mouth a little bit and go, nah, might not be a good idea. Uh, probably isn't a good idea, but still, cool car. I can yeah. see it in my mind. Very yeah. nice. Well is there a seller's remorse story in your life a a car that you've let go in your past that you really wish you hadn't done that
1: funny unintentionally yeah i just let into it the 944 turbo for 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 a million reasons obviously we all probably (laughs) wish we had one today even if you're not into them they're just they, they they're still going up in value um it was a black on black 86 as well 86 and a half actually porsche 951 that i the story is I was the 19-year-old kid. Only a year later, <laughs> I was going to Danbury Porsche Audi Volkswagen in Danbury, Connecticut. And I was test driving 993s like they were going out of business. And Porsche was, actually, <laughs> ironically, just about going out of business. And uh, because this was about 1996, something like mm-hmm. that. Anyway, I, I they were letting me test drive the cars because I grew up in an area where people had a lot of money. And these guys had no idea that I didn't. And when it came time to, sure, let's do the paperwork or whatever. I mean, they, they couldn't get the kid with no credit approved on a new car. So anyway, they could see my passion. Long story short, they ended up sending me up with the um, the guy who uh, it was, the I think, the, he- the master Porsche technician. He was selling his own car, his daily driver, his beater, his track car that happened to be this Porsche 951. And I bought it from him. And it was a fantastic car. And there was. Absolutely. No reason to get rid of it uh, other than I wanted something newer and it was that same, you know, oh, you're young, you're inexperienced and you don't want these things for the reasons that you think you do, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and anyway, I got rid of it for a 3000 GT Mark 3000. Oh. I know.
0: Okay. <laughs> I know. Well, we got it in the show now, Jay. It's been good talking to you. We'll I talk to you next time. <laughs> Don't call me.
1: I'll call you. <laughs>
0: Goodbye. <laughs>
1: Again, I have to uh, say it is like 1920 years old, something like that. But yeah, yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Wish I still had the 944.
0: Well, you know, the sellers' Remorse story always brings out a tear in people's eyes and a little thought provoking and uh, maybe uh, not so fun memory, sometimes fun memories of great cars, too. That's the other part of it. But uh, we'll move on to my next
1: (laughs) 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 question. Oh, gosh. It's an 86 and a half black on black. You know, I mean, I wonder where it is today. It's one yeah. cup you'll find it someday. Buy it back. Well,
0: it's out there probably somewhere. I think they said most of the Porsches ever built are still on the road. So, uh, yeah, it's probably out there being enjoyed by somebody. Well, I would love for you to talk about what has you fired up and excited in this new year with your It's Tonight show on YouTube. You and Nicole are uh, producing some really fun, great content. There's a lot to see there. So what has you excited these days in the new year with your show?
1: Thanks so much for saying that, Mark. Um, we're excited about a tremendous amount of things. We began just before the new year, we began a partnership with uh, Telefunken, Telefunken was a microphone company and a radio company, et cetera, back in the day. They I used to, know, oh, yeah. already know, of course. Well, anyway, they're back in business. They happen to be uh, very close to my hometown where all of my roots started with this whole thing. Um, and they sponsored our show. We have product placement with them. They outfitted our whole studio with all of their gear. We are looking forward to the future with expanding that partnership um, with some things I can't really talk about yet, but some things I can. It will involve me. Music, adding music to our show, uh, which is exciting for us because I think that that's something uh, that is lacking. We're not able to, you know, have live music because we do it out of our home. But all of a sudden, once another location is brought into the mix, then those things become possible. So, also, um, our show will be growing in different directions, and we're excited about that. There's not too too much I can say, as as you know how these things go. But I think growth. To sum it up, we're excited about growth and. Uh, expansion and the future. Uh, Mark, we're so stinking excited about the future. It really is. We went through, we are still going through a tough time. We went through a tough time, but in the weirdest way, it's a great time to be us, Mark. It's a great time (laughs) to be us. It really is.
0: You know, I'll give you something to think about this year. And this is a quote that uh, I was told to me by Tommy Kendall, the great race driver. He was my 1000th guest. he was also on the show i believe for my 500th wow. and uh, my 500th show he said hey mark this pretty cool 500 shows when you do your 1000th i'll come back and interview you Ooh. and and which he did which i thought was very kind of him i've since become you know buddies with him and he said a great quote and it, y- your comment about this year being great for you is you are perfect for this time mm. and if you just remember that no matter what you're going through whether it's a challenge or a success you are perfect this time, it invokes all sorts of wonderful things in your imagination and your brain. And it really, to me, it's like being grateful all the time removes the negativity in your life because Mm. you can't be negative when you're grateful. So just remember Tommy Kendall's, you are perfect for this time. Yeah! Shout out to Tommy. Thank you for that one. That's very wonderful. cool. Uh, it's that. exciting.
1: I love that you brought up uh, being grateful. That is that's a, a very big one for us. And that wasn't in my previous life and Nicole's previous life. And now it's yeah. like I said the, in the DNA. So
0: well, and Telefunken is pretty cool because what came to mind when you said those words was the, those old the old Porsche 550 that was mm. sponsored by Telefunken during the Carrera Pan America races when they would doll up the cars with all the graphics and everything and race them through Mexico. I mean, that wonderful. All hand painted. Hand yes. painted. Yeah. With yeah. the Fletcher Beautiful. Yeah. Fletcher. Yeah. That was on those Porsches. So uh, there you go. That is very, very cool. All right. Well, Jay, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars. Yeah. Sponsor. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat, it's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays, while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visited some of the past Cars Yacht guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yacht TV. MavTV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Jay, we are back. And here's a very introspective question. We've kind of delved pretty deep into your subconscious in the way you think today. but this one's, <laughs> Sorry, this Mark. <laughs> one, no, I love it. I love it. That's how I get to know people. Uh, this one is a little unique, though. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested into a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself, and you were parked in the garage, what would Nicole find out there?
1: Oh, boy, that's great. Wow. Yeah, I have really no, I have no say in it, right? It's just what it is. You may think this is the easy way out, but I can back it up. Um, I am the yellow car that sits in the garage below us currently. Uh, That car already is a personification of me and who we are and what we go through. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, uh, it's, man, that car was cool and expensive when it was when it came out. And it has uh, mileage and dirt and experience on it now. And it is by no means the pick of the litter. And yet, somehow it fits like a glove. It's familiar. It'll get you where you want to go. There's something comforting about it, like an old slipper. I feel like that car is me, and I am that car. So um if you wanted to know something else out there, I'd have to say something else really cool, but old and rugged, too.
0: Okay, now our listeners are trying to read your mind. What is that yellow car? Oh, I'm
1: so sorry. Uh, I, know,
0: I know what it, it is. <laughs>
1: it's a, forgive me. It's a 2000. Well, it's so funny because the car has the personality sort of has superseded the car at this point. But it's a, <laughs> it's a, 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 a yellow, speed yellow Porsche 911 uh, 2005 997S uh, done up California style. So basically a, a, a canyon carving rally racer.
0: Nice. Awesome. Well, I was going to say, I know what the car is, but I'm going, I don't think he ever said what it was. So all our listeners are like, what the heck is this guy? This is why um, I'm not
1: meant for podcasting. I need a camera, Mark. <laughs>
0: oh, no, don't worry, but Don't worry, my friend. You're doing great. You're doing great. All right. We are up to the checkered flag, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give us some very quick blips of that 911S throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Ooh, automotive advice. Res- uh, boy, that's a good one. Other than buy low and sell high. <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's probably, that's probably the
1: wisest that? one. No, I, I can give you a good one. Trust the car. Trust the car. Trust the car every time. And I'm speaking specifically with Porsche, but I bet it works with every single one. Trust the car. It will trust you back.
0: There you go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, focus.
1: Without a doubt, focus. The ability to turn other people and other things off. Get that tunnel vision accomplish whatever you got to accomplish. Don't worry about what they're saying. At some point, what they are saying is going to change and it will be in your favor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Would you share a resource that you found particularly interesting or helpful that maybe our listeners might find as well?
1: I hate to say this. It sounds a little bit trite, but YouTube has been an endless uh, wealth of information for me, both in car uh, knowledge, learning how to do things on my own car, certainly learning about other cars and other car uh, aficionados like ourselves. Yeah. Um, YouTube, YouTube for sure has been something I never expected would be an encyclopedia for me.
0: It's incredible. Yeah, I yeah, learned so many things. Source. I learned how to become a podcaster watching YouTube tutorials. Are you I kidding? didn't have a didn't have a clue what I was doing. No, I didn't know what a podcast was six months before I started this. So, uh, yeah, kidding? I just... I I'm not kidding. I watched a ton of YouTube tutorials also how to build my own website, how to code, um all of that, yeah, how to record, how to edit, uh, all on YouTube and uh I've Mark, learned I, a fair I,
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I, if you're ever in Los Angeles, my goodness, we would love to have you on our show too. Hey,
0: that'd be cool. That'd be awesome.
1: I Please, I, I, we would love to make it happen.
0: Well, I love that. I'm actually going to be down there in March. I'm going to be the celebrity MC for the celebrity stage for the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa, California, March 16th and 17th. So maybe we can set something stay an extra day and we can set something up. We'll that see sounds do.
1: fantastic. And I'm marking in my calendar those dates. As that sounds like a wonderful event.
0: I think it is a wonderful event. It's going to be fantastic. Here's the cool thing about that event is they have over 2,000 classic cars at this event. It's a two-day thing. Costa Mesa, it's at the Orange County Fairgrounds. And I'm going to be interviewing about eight or nine celebrity guests. These are guys that, and a gal that has, I think Lynn Jane James also is also going to be there, that have um, shows on TV, and they've all been past guests on my podcast. So it's like kind of a regathering of friends, if you will. So That's
1: fantastic. That sounds I'll, like a blast.
0: I'll reach out to you beforehand, and maybe we can get together. I'd love be honored to be a guest on your show. That would be fun. Oh, then the camera's on, the pressure's on. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I can relax. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, you know, I, I did just launch a TV show, so I'm getting more comfortable in front of a camera here. So, uh, about it, I can't wait to talk about it on It's Tonight's Show. Cars, yeah, we will. Okay, there you go. It's a date. Very cool, Jay. Well, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a, a drink or a meal with an automotive person, living or deceased, doesn't matter, someone from the industry, who would that person be? Ooh,
1: that's a good one. I'm going to go deceased uh, solely because I believe we'll have the opportunities for the living ones. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go back to Paul Newman because we started there. Uh, Uh, I would like to be sitting up at the Lime Rock Club, having a non-alcoholic beverage with my, at this point in this reality, my friend Paul Newman, looking out at the track, watching people turn some laps on a Tuesday.
0: Well, he makes some pretty good iced teas. I've had some of those. uh,
1: That sounds perfect. His lemonade and iced tea is beautiful.
0: Yeah, perfect. Maybe some uh, Paul Newman popcorn in the bowl next to that oh, drink as well. it sounds
1: great. All of it sounds beautiful to me. Yeah. Up at Lime Rock, there is no better. Absolutely.
0: How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners? That's interesting. There
1: are a lot of books.
0: You know what I'm reading right now?
1: I, uh, boy, it seems like a theme show. I hate to keep, keep coming back to it, but uh, he gave it to me when he was here as a guest on our podcast, but I'm reading the Magnus Walker uh, Get Out and Drive book right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So uh, I'm enjoying it. So I would recommend it to people.
0: There you go. Yeah. I know it's not really
1: inspirational, but actually it kind of is. It's his message and it's his story, which in my opinion is quite inspirational.
0: Oh, his whole story is inspirational, what he's done. I mean, he's a one man marketing wrecking ball. And I mean that in the most positive of ways. Uh, Incredible what he's done and continues to do to this day. I mean, I'm just in awe of that guy. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources that Ryan has shared on his Cars. Yeah. Show notes page. Just go to com. type in J, and it's the letter J, and that's really his name. The letter J, and then his last name is Ryan, R-Y-A-N, J, Ryan, and you'll find all these cool links. All right, Jay, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. doesn't matter who owns it, where it is. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there's a couple rules to this game you've got to abide by. One is... You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So if you want a Ferrari GTO, you're stuck with it. Not a bad thought. Ah, I see. (laughs) You have to drive it. It's
1: expensive, right, sure.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. You have to drive it. No garage queens. But I think now that you've had this epiphany in life, uh, as I have, it's okay to drive cars. That's what they're there for. But it's the only one collector car you can have. You can keep your Porsche. I don't, just keep that in the garage. That's fine. But it's the only one collector car, true collector car that you can have. So what's it going to be?
1: Uh, and it can be very specific. Whatever you want, my friend. Yeah, I think it would have to be David Letterman's 356. Oh, okay. There will come a time one day where he doesn't want it anymore, whether uh, he's no longer here or perhaps uh, hopefully before. I think that would be the car. Just because of of my connection to both uh, uh, the history of uh, David Letterman and Porsche. To me, it's, I mean, it's it's the, the lineage on both.
0: Okay, so tell me a little bit about his three, because I'm unaware of a 356 that he has. I've, I've learned of some of the past cars he's owned. What what year and model is the 356?
1: Couldn't tell you. I couldn't <laughs> tell you. This is, a, this is a childhood memory at this point.
0: Oh, <laughs> so are you sure he still has the car? No, not at all, but that's oh, the car. Okay. Oh, yeah, I it, see. It locked, whatever it was, it locked in there. I see what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> okay, gee, you're not going to make this... Very easy. All right. Well, well I'll tell you, you what.
1: Buy, if you want to just buy me any old car, then it's going to uh, – uh, uh, I have to fill in the, the 993, which I always wanted and never, ever got. Just a straight, bare-bones 993, yeah. uh, six-speed.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing I do know about David Letterman, and I don't know if he has it today. I'm sure a listener out there will email me and correct me. I believe he had a 1956, which is a pretty cool year, 356, 1500. Now, this is where it gets better. GS Carrera. Mm. And if that's if my memory's right and if he still has that car, that my friend is a very expensive and special car. So oh, there you sure. go. That's
1: why I wanted it. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, darn it. Oh my guess always raid my piggy bank.
1: Now be true that, did you really did you look that up right now or did you really know No, that?
0: I I heard of the and I'll tell you why I've heard of this is I'm a big Porsche guy and I love 356s. I've always wanted one. And I think it was probably last, maybe it was during Car Week, somebody was talking about celebrities and cars they own. I think it was Spike Ferris I might have been talking to. Of course, he knows Letterman. He wrote, you know, for the show. Uh, it might have been Spike that told me that. And I hope my memory's right. And uh, Spike's been a guest a few times. If he's listening, he can call me and correct me on this. But Well, well of course he would when-
1: know. Somebody told me that he actually, like, I mean, he drove Letterman's cars and stuff. Somebody told well, me. So if that's probably- true, that he would definitely know.
0: Well, he's the car matchmaker. You know, his television show car matchmaker. I, mean, I bought every the guy. season. That, that was my
1: favorite thing he's done. I bought every season on iTunes. I still own them.
0: Oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm pretty sure it was Spike that told me this, and uh, somebody out there will, will tell me if, you know, David still has that car or not, but... uh it's a nice car, and, when, and you don't forget something like a, a GS Carrera. I mean, that's very special. Very you
1: know, I didn't realize even that it was that special of a car, so this is very cool even for me to learn.
0: Well, now you know even more. So
1: Mark, that's that's nine, five, that 951 I only bought because David Letterman drove a 951 around town. There that's, you
0: go. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, there that's you, that there you go. That's a, that's a successful TV show guy to aspire to be. So no problems uh, one there. One day. There you go. And I have no doubt, my friend. I have no doubt. Well, you've taken me on an awesome ride. I've enjoyed learning more about you. I'm going to really enjoy coming down to being on your show. That's a pretty darn cool deal. I'll let my listeners know when that happens. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me um, and the listeners. Would you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in David Letterman's 356 portion?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Follow your dreams, overcome your fears, and stop listening to other people. Make your own soup.
0: Ah, Love it. Make your own soup. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and the It's Tonight Show on YouTube?
1: Absolutely, follow us. Porsche Life, one word. Oh, Porsche Life, one one one. Porsche Life, one one one. It's a uh, Instagram, YouTube. I think it's everything. Porsche Life, one one one.
0: There you go, listeners. I'll make sure I put links to that on Jay's show notes page. And again, when you look him up on the Cars yeah website, it's the letter J, last name Ryan. You'll find everything listed right there. I encourage you to find him on YouTube. Subscribe, follow. What he and Nicole are doing are very is very unique. It's very cool, very fun. They talk to a plethora of really, really interesting people. So uh, check it out, the It's Tonight Show on YouTube. Jay, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your many wonderful experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, my friend, which may be very soon here, I'll see you down the road. It's been an
1: absolute pleasure, Mark. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks so much.
0: You're welcome. You take care of your cars...